everyone. Good morning, good afternoon, and night. You are now listening to Greg Talks. My name is Greg. I am currently 19 years old, and I attend community college. So the first thing that I wanted to talk about today was learning how to take constructive criticism. Now, this is something that a lot of people struggle with. I currently myself uh, tend to have a difficult time with it because for one, I create a lot of art, um, not just including this podcast, but, you know, I had YouTube videos in the past as well as, um, you know, sketches of drawings of characters that I have. And the worst thing uh, to hear is when something you create is not liked by a certain person. And I know from personal experience that it really gets un up under my skin, which is what leads me into talking about constructive criticism. So constructive criticism is described as the process of offering valid and well-reasoned opinions about the work of others, usually involving both positive and negative comments in a friendly manner rather than an oppositional one. So essentially what that means is that um, it's criticism that's not meant to negatively judge a work of another person, but it's basically meant to give you uh, some advice on how to better the work in some sense or um, certain pitfalls of your work that you should pay attention to in order to uh, make the work more cohesive. So, um, for example, um, if you're drawing, um, let's say, um, a model of a human head, and somebody, you know, starts looking at it and they find um, the eyes are a bit off or the mouth uh, structurally is not correct. Essentially, they're giving you constructive criticism because they're not just saying those things just to say them. They're saying them because they want you to look at them and correct them and make them better. So there's one example. Uh, another example is uh, YouTube. Now, I know all of you have seen the YouTube comments, and of course, you know how many haters can lie in those, but not all those comments are hate comments. It's just a lot of people are afraid to look at them because majority of comments on YouTube videos tend to be hate comments. But, you know, let's just say a person uh, comments on a video about, uh, let's say, Kanye West's sophomore album, Late, yeah, his sophomore album, Late Registration. And they say, well, um, you know, the video editing was a bit choppy at certain points, and the audio kind of lacked towards the 30-second mark of your video, and then that's it. And then you look at that video, and then you read the comments, and you see that that person left that, and the first reaction is, well, I can't believe that person felt the need to nitpick just those two little things. And now you're going to proudly respond to that person with a more negative comment than what you should respond with. But how you should react to that comment is you should say, thank you for letting me know about those things. And next time I make a video, I will, you know, make sure that I pay more attention to those aspects of what I'm creating because I want to make a positive viewing experience for you guys. So that's how you should respond. And the reason I just bring that up is because I feel like a lot of people, especially on social media, because um, you can you rope YouTube into social media at this point, is I think a lot of people 
are so quick to get angry. And I don't think it's because people have short attention spans. I think it's because people just don't like to take criticism, whether it be negative or positive. And really, to me, there's no such thing as negative criticism because criticism um, or, I guess, constructive feedback to me is not criticism. That's just something that you need to take into account and you need to use that to better what you're creating. Because if you don't, all you're doing is hurting yourself and you're making the content that you create worse. Um, an example of this that somebody told me about my podcast was that I say, um, and okay too much. And, you know, I took that and, you know, in my later episodes, including this one that I'm currently talking to you through, uh, I stopped saying um and okay because I realized that was getting a little annoying for the viewer and it showed a little less confidence. So that's what I did to correct it. And that's an example of using constructive feedback in a positive manner to better what I'm making. So that's just really all I had to say on that topic, though. I just really wanted to kind of lay the foreground as to, um, you know, why people... Um, sometimes can't better their content and it's mainly because you know they need to learn how to take constructive feedback and that way they can just make a better viewing experience for themselves and for the viewer and other people that are going to look at their content for years to come now the next topic i wanted to get into is why we still need media that pushes the envelope now this is a very broad topic as there are many movies and many different cartoons and media that come out from year to year. But I have seen mostly on TV as well as cartoons and in movies that, um, you know, a lot of things, there, there isn't a lot of boundary pushing stuff. Um, well, at least I'm not seeing it as much. Um, and that's one of the reasons why like I literally uh, try to pine for new music and new cartoons and new uh, movies because, you know, lately what's given to the mainstream is a lot of bland regurgitated storylines, regurgitated uh, character quirks, as well as the world building being very minimal and not really putting not really having a lot of effort put into it. Um you know, I kind of wish a lot of uh, media would kind of like take a lot of cues from the stuff that came out in the 90s. You know, things like, uh, you know, uh, Samurai Jack, uh, Avatar, well, early 90s and 2000s, Avatar Last Airbender, Boondocks, um, Rocco's Modern Life, uh, Hey Arnold, Jimmy Neutron, Fairly Odd Parents, Early Fairly, early fairly out parents and spongebob i mean if you take a look at those cartoons like you know what do they all have in common well they all had some of which had wacky humor some had like adult content in it though but a lot of the worlds were very imaginative and it added a different element or a different kind of spin to like the typical kind of uh you know uh imaginative world you know, you got shows like Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends that, you know, literally was a world created out of somebody's mind about kids imagining up characters from their minds. That was really creative. And you have Billy and Mandy, uh, where it was like um, kind of 
a different take on the uh, the Reaper from the underworld, um, and how you know he could be befriended. That was a different kind of thing. And then you also have like Ben Ten, which is kind of a um, you know a different take on the superhero trope, where you had like a boy. Um, well, it's not to say that the you know a boy getting powers was anything new, but like a boy being able to turn into ten different aliens was kind of interesting. Uh, because I don't really know. I mean, besides the superheroes, I can shapeshift though. That was a new um, kind of original uh, concept for a superhero show, and you had shows like Generator Rex, uh, Iron Man Armored Adventures, which was you know, what if Iron Man was a teenager and he found out how to make a suit? Uh, that's kind of interesting. I just kind of want more stuff like that because what that does is, you know, it inspires young people that are watching the shows to go out and create things that are better, sometimes even more imaginative than what they saw because the best things come out from imagination and creativity. It just takes a little bit of like inspiration and motivation from those that came before to spark that flame to make something new and innovative to push the next gener to push the next generation to make more things like it you know and that kind of leads me into my third topic which is about the stages of leadership so every leader or every potential leader the first stage you start out as a fan you start out as somebody that looks at material and you get inspired you go to shows to see said person you go to things related to the things that you like you're a fan at that point and then as you start to get older and start to have more uh, resources to make your own things you start making your own stuff and hence you become a leader but you become what i like to go you're not a full leader yet you're kind of in the you're a pre-leader I guess I should say, where like you're creating your own things, but your things aren't really touching the masses in a way that's becoming inspiring. So then you change from a pre-leader to a trailblazer, and a trailblazer is somebody that literally starts to lead the pack, or you start to inspire the pack to new heights, and you literally uh, start to revolutionize the thing that you're doing for other people coming behind you. And then the next stage after becoming a trailblazer is to become a martyr. Now, I don't mean martyr um, like in the Christ-like sense where you like have to die for the people that are about to become leaders after you. I mean like you must continue to sacrifice uh, the things that you want to do for your passion in order to set a good example for those coming before you. So it's not so much about like literally dying. It's more so just about sacrificing the wants and thinking about the needs of the many and what your art is going to do for other people. That's what the final element of leadership is. And all the great leaders or martyrs are martyrs still. Um, you know, uh, you could use pretty much uh, the example of somebody like, this is not really a good example, but a guy that a lot of people consider, um, you know, a top tier martyr, top tier leader is uh, Kanye West. Um, 
I know a lot, not a lot of people like him though, but Kanye West followed these four stages of leadership. Technically, I don't feel like he's, um, well, no, I think Kanye West has fully become a martyr at this point, but, uh, essentially he started off as like a fan of Jay-Z and, uh, Tupac Biggie, as well as Nas when he was coming up and he basically took what they did and when he got money and when he got uh, resources, he started to make his own beats. And then he went from becoming a producer to saying, you know what, I'm going to rap. So then he started to rap over the beats he produced. And then, you know, his stuff started to really take off. And then later on, he turned into a trailblazer because then he took what he was making and started to revolutionize it. Therefore, leading a pathway for the new generation rappers. And nowadays, he's a martyr because he's had to sacrifice a lot to continue doing what he does. So, that's one example of a person that's kind of gone through the different stages of leadership. I, myself, right now, am still kind of on the second stage, which is pre-leader. Because... Right now, like, you know, I have resources to make my own content. However, I don't feel like I'm revolutionizing my content for the people behind me yet. So I'm not henceforth at the third gear or the third stage of development for leaders yet. But I'm slowly kind of inching my way there, though. And as I continue to find my own voice and the things that I create, you know, I feel like I will um, start to take steps towards where I need to be to become a trailblazer and then later on to become a definitive leader as a martyr. And, yep, that's really all I had to say today. Uh, I hope you guys are having uh, a good Thursday or good afternoon wherever you are. Um, now, I did tell you guys uh, during the last podcast that uh, I would not be talking about in-game at least for another week. I'm going to give it at least one more week before I give like my in-depth analysis on the things that I liked about the film as well as my nitpicks about the film. Uh, those of you on Instagram saw that I did make a post kind of giving you my blunt feelings right after seeing the film. But now that things have kind of started to settle down a bit, though, I'm probably I'm going to start writing a cohesive kind of review on things that I thought were great and some things that I didn't think were so great. So next week, be prepared for that. I will not be giving a spoiler warning as I've already done that for you right now. So, yeah. Uh, once again, if you're wondering where you can find this podcast, you can find it on Anchor. .fm, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and iTunes under the name Greg Talks. It's Greg, T-A-L-K-Z. And this episode will be posted to YouTube this Saturday at 9 a.m. So all you YouTubers out there, stay tuned for that. And with that, I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your day. And I will be back next week with Avengers in-game, in-depth analysis. See ya.